Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast, version 281 today, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Exactly. And it's going to be dazzling and entertaining. Now, as we sit here and record this, we record this, the Monday episode, on Sundays. So, obviously, we haven't seen the Cowboys. They still have a couple of days to drop down to the final 53 that they'll fake open the season with and then they'll move guys to IR and bring guys back so we don't know where we sit in regards to that but we did have another preseason game a Cowboys win we'll get into all of that college football has started but before we tell you about anything we always got to start with our friends at Greening Law Robert Greening he jumped in on the last podcast said hello to everybody he's a good dude and his law practice is even better if you've been hurt in a car accident or experienced malpractice from a physician, any of those types of things, maybe you were injured on the premises of a business, you need to get on the phone and pick it up and call Robert Greening at 972-934-8900. Let them come in and handle all that headache, all that crap behind the scenes so that you can just focus what you do. You go to rehab, you go to the chiropractor, you go to the doctors, they set it up, they take care of all that for you, and that's all you have to focus on. Dude, the green team's fantastic, man. Matt can tell you from his own personal experience. Uh, you heard Robert last week. If you check him out on Twitter, you know, he's been giving back to the community, giving scholarships to Brian Adams, where he went to high school. So he's a DISD product like myself. But the main thing about the business, though, is, man, it don't cost nothing for you to pick up the phone, tell him your circumstance, where you're injured in an apartment complex, construction site, somebody's business, hit by a truck in an accident. Call him, you give him the details. And they'll tell you, hey, we think that's a good fit. They bring you on for a client. I'm telling you, it's the best day you've ever had. Because they don't get paid unless you get paid, which means they will work their butt off of you. That's right, man. They will build it for you, and they will take on the insurance companies. If you think you've got a case, give them a call. Again, that consultation is free. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call them now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. Uh, Dallas, Texas. The Cowboys have wrapped up the preseason. The pointlessness of the preseason, although I guess for the guys that might have fought their way onto the roster on Friday night, it wasn't pointless, but it's so difficult for me to sit here and really tell you what I take away other than, and I'll just throw this out and we can attack it however you want. Watching that game, I sit there and I go, okay, what really is the plan going to be at left tackle? 
what is the plan truly going to be as they move through the next 10 days or whatever it is at wide receiver because and we talked about this for a while on our last podcast it sounds truly like the plan is to go into the regular season against Tampa on September 11th with Tyler Smith as your starting left tackle how do you feel about that I hate it personally and, and okay go ahead well they don't seem a hundred percent sure either but then you listen to kind of some of the things that they're saying and what McCarthy said after the game and it kind of alludes to the idea that they're just going to plug them out there and see what happens let me tell you something I'm, I'm gonna give you this first point and we can go back and forth and then I'm gonna give you the second point because second point is what gets on my nerves man and they do this all the time but I'm gonna save that for just a minute um I think they're going with Tyler Smith at left tackle, I think, because here's why, bro. I'm sorry, that sparkling water just got to me. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> it just got to me. I don't think there's a better option. Like, the two guys on your roster stink, whether it's Ball or Wolziak. They're no good. So that's not an option. Andrew Whitworth, according to Melissa and the kids, he's staying retired. Mm-hmm. So that's not an option. Isaiah Wynn. You know, if you want to trade with New England to get him, uh, that might look like an option, but, you know, Constantly he still got to come. Yeah, what has he missed, 35 out of 64 games? Yeah, I mean, he's missed more games in his career than he's played since he got drafted a couple years back. Right. And, you know, if you if you even want to discuss somebody with Larry Tunsil, you're still talking about a, uh, you know, a big price to pay to get that guy then he's got a contract situation i mean that's a lot of moving parts on his end and so when you look at it man and a guy like nate soldier he sucks i mean he, i mean he's no good let's be honest anymore. Yeah. so i don't know that they have a better option than the guy who there was going to be the eventual replacement at left tackle than tyler smith so i think that's why they're going with him um but bro it's probably going to be a work in progress as they say it probably is, and it's interesting because McCarthy was kind of, I don't want to say challenged about this, but asked about kind of the idea of a guy, and keep in mind, Tyler Smith did play left tackle at Tulsa where he committed a ridiculous amount of penalties. The Cowboys were working him at guard quite a bit in the offseason, but I thought this was interesting because McCarthy kind of offered this up after the game when he was asked about having Tyler Smith out there at left tackle you know he did he did take a you know 60 percent of his snaps in 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 the spring were left tackle so uh, so he has had to work both left tackle and left guard so he threw that nugget out there because all we've heard from everybody is that tyler smith has been just working at left guard throughout the offseason in the spring and mccarthy comes out he goes well you know 60 percent of his snaps were at left tackle and i thought that was weird i was like well then what has tyron smith been doing before he got hurt well they 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 did that man because they were trying to um I think the thought was he would be the swing tackle in case one of those guys got hurt. Mm. And then they're like, oh, no, let's let's give him this working guard because we need him to start. And so he needs to spend all his time at guard, not at tackle, if he's going to start at guard because guard's a new position. And so I think that's how we ended up with that. So, yeah, he's worked some in practice there. But it's been a minute. That's what's really during OTAs. During training camp, he's been at guard, and then they really started shifting him uh, to guard in the last little bit of the OTA. So it's been a minute since he played tackle, even with the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and to me, when you look at Tyler Smith out there, my, my biggest concern is this is a dude who really has not gotten like true work at left tackle. 
that it's shaking up your plan and you're going to stick a rookie out there, even if it's 60%. Let's say 60% of what he's been since you drafted him, you still haven't given him 100%. So how much more development does he need to have? And we talked about this before, man, but okay, he's going to get better. You, you, you play him out there week one, he will be much better by the time Tyron Smith is available to come back. But in that learning process, how far behind is the team by the time Tyron Smith is ready to come back? Because you didn't have an answer and you threw out a true rookie at left tackle. And, and then I'm very concerned with this whole thing with Dak. That's his blind side. What if Tyler Smith is not ready to go week one? All it takes is a half of football and you could ruin Dak for the season. Yeah, now that's, um, that's all true. Um, but I think here's, what, here's the protection and here's the problem, bro. You can slide the protection his way and protect Dak that way. You can put a running back that way. Yeah. You can slide the protection that way. But then you know what it does, bro? It leaves it leaves uh, Terrence Steele all by himself. Right. One reason why – I mean, Terrence Steele's a good run blocker. Nobody's saying that he's not. He's shady as a pass blocker. One, one reason he didn't show up so much last year is why, Matt? You could shift the protection toward him. Why? Because you got Tyron Smith over mm-hmm. here and he don't need no help. So now, if you leave Terrence Steele on an island by himself, what you thought was a solid pass protector might be exposed as much less than that. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see what they do, but as far as we sit right now, it really seems like they're just going to throw Tyler Smith out there as their first-round pick, and hey, at least he's starting, I guess. So this, this has the makings of a disaster because it seems obvious they – they're not high on what they've gotten from Tyler Biotish. And, and really, what did you expect from a fourth-round center that they all try? Oh, he was a blinking light. Oh, we couldn't believe he was there in the fourth round. <laughs> and, and now we kind of see, after a couple of years, he's just a guy. Average right. at best, and a lot of the times below average, which is why he was available in the fourth round and why they're starting to work Connor McGovern in there and letting him get some opportunities at center to see what they've got. And this whole line situation... Because you're right, man, and that was one of the notes that I had down just in my observations from the preseason game on Friday night. Josh Ball is not good. Matter of fact, he shouldn't even make the team, really. He's horrible, and he's a turnstile in pass protection. You know, they were trying to feature him a couple of times on the broadcast, and they showed, like, highlights of him. And I was like, okay, you showed, like, two clips. Show him in the pass protection because he's <laughs> guys are, like, going around him like he's not even on the field. Bro, he – I mean – I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert on offensive line play because guess what? I'm not. But you could see him lunging and being just yeah. moved out. I mean, it was it was not a good look at all, bro. No, man. And to me, I'm like, okay, so you don't have a swing tackle. You really don't. You're going to have to start a true rookie at left tackle. You've got a guy in Terrence Steele that you've tried to trick us into, oh, yeah, he's an anchor right tackle for years to come. Okay, whatever. You've got Zach Martin now is your Hall of Famer, like the core of what this is. And he's surrounded by, for all we know, four pieces that are at best average offensive linemen and at worst a colossal hole trying to protect Dak and trying to block for Zeke in a game that you you decided this. You're going to run it more this year because you decided that the receiving group really doesn't need anything. And let's see what happens with Zeke and Tony Pollard getting more action. And now can you even block for those guys? You know, I've been saying this for a long time, so this is not new, bro. I know. I said, I don't understand this offseason moves that they've made. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of times, and, and I like to say this because there's a distinction. A lot of times you can understand the move and disagree with it. Like, you know, they should have re-signed this guy, but they're tight on salary cap. Well, I see why they didn't. I mean, they should have made some money, but I see why they didn't Yeah. Uh, f- from their perspective. But some of these moves, man, when you're trying to work through them and you go, so you really did this because you got mad? Okay. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. And so they – and the reason why I've been saying for a long time I don't feel sorry for them is that they created this whole situation in a lot of different fronts. And now you're just like your chickens are coming home to roost, baby, and, you know, just deal with it. I don't have no sympathy for you. Right. And, and again, the Cowboys, we talked about this the first preseason game, 17 penalties. They had 10 last night. Tyler Smith, who hasn't been able to, pl- to practice and he didn't play on Friday night because of his ankle injury, how healthy is he going to be? How much work does he still need? And we're talking about a guy who was penalized constantly in college at the left tackle position. In college, he was penalized. Right. And so now my concern is for a team that struggled with penalties last year, how many times is Tyler Smith going to kill drives early on in the year while he's learning because he reaches, he gets beat, he grabs because that's what he had done in college? against lesser competition than what he's going to face when they take the field against Tampa Bay and Cincinnati in the first two weeks. Bro, um, I think you, that's what I'm saying. It's going to work in progress. I mean, he's a talented dude. It's a position he's played and he's familiar with. So there will be some times where, where he has a lot of success and does well. The problem is if you're an NFL team, if you're, if you're a left tackle and uh, there's 65 plays in the game, and you're great on 61 of them, but you give up four sacks on the other four plays, nobody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Or you give up a sack and a half, or you give up a sack and six pressures, and they, uh, and get called for holding twice. Yeah, you were really good on 57 plays, but the other six or seven, man, were a complete disaster. Yeah, and that costs games. I mean, that's all it takes to lose a game is a couple of those plays is, hey, man, we got third and one. We got a great run play right here. Pick up this first down. Keep, oh, false start. Oh, you held. And yeah. the next thing you know, instead of third and one, it's third and six. It's third and 11. And you've got a different play, and your chances of converting that are completely different. And then it ruins Bro. a drive that you might have scored on. And now, instead of winning the game, you lose 27 to 23 because your left tackle's a rookie, and you didn't have a plan for it, and he has to hold because he's not ready yet. Nope. That's, I mean, that's how it goes down. And uh, there's nobody uh, who's feeling sorry for the Cowboys. Everybody, like, Tampa Bay got their own woes. They missed, they got two guys missing the whole year with injuries. So they ain't really trying to hear about the Cowboys' problems. No, not uh, at all. The problem for the Cowboys is, you know, they just didn't plan for the worst case scenario. Um, and because of that, we're, we're seeing a little bit of that now in terms of, like, what are we supposed to do, man? I mean, two weeks, or, two weeks 11 days from the season opener. And you got these kinds of issues. This is beyond uh, a negative. Yes, it is. It is very much so. The other things from Friday night, and, and again, I, you know, the running back position, Malik Davis, he's not going to make the team. It's obvious that they kept Rico out of the – he didn't even play. He's going to be the third running back. So none of those guys with Champlin and Davis, I don't think they're going to make the team. He didn't see anything. They really wanted to get an extended look at Will Greer. He can do some things. I, I thought on the – had a couple of runs that looked good. He had a couple of passes that looked good, but he also had a lot of passes that did not look good at all. But then again, he was under constant pressure and got hit constantly because the offensive line that he's playing behind is worse than the offensive line they'll put out there with the starters on it. 
I, this I mean, it's true, but he was he was late on way too yeah, many passes. His his placement was really off. Like threw behind guys, missed them. Yeah, I thought really struggled with actual real accuracy, even on balls that were caught. You look at the rest of the offense. You know, Peyton Hendershot. It's, I, I think he might have forced his way onto the team. I think originally going into camp, it would have been Sean McKeon as a third tight end. I, I think that McKeon's probably not going to make the team, and that Hendershot will now. Outside of that, does Dennis Houston make the team? I don't know. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do at the receiver position because it feels like Houston early on in camp was, oh, watch out for this guy. And it seems like the last couple of weeks, you're kind of like, there's a reason why he was undrafted. The hardest part, man, about making a team and doing all of this stuff, bro, when you're a player, is the consistency. It's, it's hard to be consistent from OTAs to training camp. And then from training camp to the preseason, then from the preseason to the game. I mean, it's hard to get that thing done each and every day at the highest level that you can perform. And that's why guys have ebbs and flows, and that's why guys disappear, especially young guys as they're trying to figure out where they are in the league. And so, uh, you know, man, it's a reason why we used to call it the underwear Olympics, and I don't care what you do in the mini camps, we're not getting excited until we get to training camp. Then once you get to training camp, I'm not getting excited to see what you do in the game, bro. Yeah. And then then it's, okay, once you see something doing the game, okay, I ain't getting excited to see you doing the regular season. There's a reason why. And, uh, you know, Houston, from Western Illinois via somewhere else, uh, he may just be hitting the wall right now, and uh, he doesn't have that little extra to elevate. Yeah, he may not. Now, defensively, I thought this was interesting. Yeah, they had five takeaways. This is what's really interesting about this team. They had five takeaways. They had four interceptions, and they won by one point. <laughs> I mean, that's very difficult to do when you have your turnover margin is plus five, and they barely won the game. And again, a lot, most of the guys that played on offense aren't going to make the team. If some of them do, we're talking about like the final three or four guys on the roster. So it is what it is. I know that Nation Wright had a pick. I, I'm not. I, I don't like that dude, man. He, he the. I feel like that was just a swing and a miss in the draft for where they drafted him. <laughs> the pick that he had, I could have intercepted. I mean, they threw it right to him. All you got to do is catch the ball. Well, you know, a lot of people don't catch that ball. I know, I know, but I just, he, I don't know that you can put him out there in a real NFL game and rely on that dude to give you what you need out of the corner position. I'm not going to disagree with you. And so there's that. Outside of that, I mean, defensively, Jabril Cox was noticeable, I thought. Sam Williams, man, Sam Williams... He flashes enough to where I kind of wonder, you know, and you just you rotate a rookie in like that. You don't he's not tank. You don't need him to be that level. But, you know, as a rookie, I kind of wonder if we're going to see some things from him if he gets a, a 10, 15 snaps a game, because in the preseason, you see what you saw at Ole Miss. You see I mean, this is a dude that led Ole Miss in sacks last year in the SEC. And you see some flashes of that, and, and I like him, man. I, I, he, to me, I like him better than what I've seen from Tyler Smith so far. This is all I'm going to say, Doug. Because yeah, I, I like to – I mean, he, he showed up last week, and he should have because he's a second-round pick playing right. against backups and thirds-teamers. So he should show up. Uh, and so I, I like some of what I've seen from him, and that's, that's good. He's a second-round pick, my brother. I need more than 10 or 15 snaps. Okay. Well, then more. I mean, whatever you can give the guy. Yeah. I mean, he should – second-round pick, just like your first-round pick, like, like we, you know, I'm looking at, like, uh, you know, when people are like, well, he's, he's young, he's into the first uh, – yeah. Dude, 
You take a first round pick at a position to need, that dude needs to start or there's a huge problem. So you took a second round pick because why? Because you let Randy Gregory go. Okay, fine, you let him go. He, that dude needs to be playing 40 snaps a game or 35 snaps a game, whatever you know, whatever you had in store for Randy Gregory because uh, who's the former pick they got, the third overall, Dante, whatever his name is? Oh, Fowler, Dante Fowler. Yeah, Dante Fowler. He's just a guy. Yeah, he is at this point for sure. Right, so I'm not playing him over the young guy for any extended period of time. Yeah, if that's what you got to do, then you do it. But I I do like what I've seen from Sam Williams. I think he's got something and will develop nicely, which, again, like you're pointing out, you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to Kelvin Joseph yourself as a second-round pick. You're supposed to be a guy who can play that you want to offer a second contract to would be nice. Sam Williams seemed I liked I liked that pick a lot we talked about that at the draft I I liked the Sam Williams pick and I think what we've seen in the preseason for a rookie he's not Micah Parsons he doesn't have to be he wasn't drafted like where Micah Parsons was but I think you've got a piece that you can use I think it's also the fifth round pick and that's what's fascinating to me Deron Bland has outplayed Kelvin Joseph before he got hurt and Nashawn Wright And, and he was a fifth round pick and I Bland has shown enough. He's going to make the team, and I feel more comfortable with him out there than I do with two guys that have more experience and were drafted higher than him. This is what I've said for years, man. It ain't complicated, bro. Dudes make plays. You know, you know you'd be talking to rookies back when I covered the team on a daily basis. And, hey, man, what do I got to do to make the team? Why do I do that? Make plays. I mean, literally, dog, that's it. If you make plays, there ain't nobody letting you go nowhere. Because so few people can make plays on yeah. a consistent basis. Um, and so, Deron Bland, I went and looked him up last week because I was like, okay, who is this dude? Because every time I see him, he's knocking a pass down. Or he's, he's just in the, in the mix. And so, you know, he drew the coach's attention. And, yeah, he's on the team. And, uh, you know, there's a case to be made that, uh, you know, he should get some playing time. So, we'll see how it goes. I mean, from here, again, as we've mentioned, They've got to cut it down to 53 by Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock. So we'll see what the roster looks like. And on our Wednesday podcast, it'll be coming out because we'll record after the deadline. We'll have an idea of what this roster looks like and what the plan is moving forward. And then you go through the Labor Day weekend and NFL is right here, man. I mean, it is less than two weeks away. Tampa Bay, Sunday night football on September 11th at 730 against a team that has been very, very good the last couple of years. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it should be a good game because uh, I think the Cowboys' defense is legit. Seems to uh, be. Tampa, Tampa Bay has a lot of problems on offense with injuries and other stuff. And, um, you know, you can win games with defense and special teams, but you got to play a certain way if you want to take that approach. And uh, maybe that'll be the approach they have to take this year because I think their offense is going to be shady all year long. Yeah, that's why I've, I've said I, I, I'm going to give it a couple of weeks. I want to see, I mean, the fact that even the backups got five takeaways, there's just something to this defense where they take the ball away. And that's yeah. a good thing. I mean, Dan, Dan Quinn, I, for whatever reason, his defense is taking the ball away. So if they can carry that in and do some of the things they did last year, I think you're right. Maybe this is a chance for the Cowboys. It'll be weird because Kellen Moore is supposed to be this offensive wizard and we're supposed to have like this great offense. But I think it's going to have to be games where the defense keeps you in the game, and then Dak's going to have to make some plays. Dak, they put that pressure on him, fairly or unfairly, with with or without the weapons. He's the leader of this team. He makes the money. If the defense gives you a chance, Dak's going to have to make some plays. Yeah, 
Um, I think that's uh, we'll just say that how that all works out because I mean that sounds great, and you can you know you can ask the quarterback to do things, but you really are reliant on everybody else doing their job, and it's not just the offensive line. You know, I make a great throw, you still got to go catch it. You can't drop it or yeah. misplay it. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, Dak makes some money. Dak's gonna get all the scrutiny and all the criticism and all the blame. As well, as well as going to get all the credit if it goes good. So that comes with it. We'll just see how it goes. Uh, before I forget, man, one thing I was talking about earlier with Stephen Jones in the front office is, you know, now they, you know, they have an injury that they're not really prepared to handle. And then as much as I like those guys, they want to get there and go, oh, we told you Tyler Smith was the future. We told you he was going to be the left tackle. <laughs> right. We told you. Right. Well, why y'all act all surprised that we go move around? Like, come on, man, what are you talking about? Y'all have spent the last three months talking about he ain't ready to play tackle. That's why we're moving him inside because he's not ready for that island. Inside, they can't get away from him, so his strength and his power shows up. And then quietly, they're like, maybe this is a Zach Martin situation where he's really just the potential to be just a really great guard. I don't know. And now it's like, oh, no, no, we, we never viewed him as anything other but a tackle. And I just get so sick of that revisionist history, man. It's okay to say time and circumstance have changed, and now we got to go in a different direction. That's why people get divorced. You know what? Yeah. We were married. We were in love. Time and circumstance has changed. We're going to change. We, you know, we got to go in a different direction. I see it at the courthouse. So it ain't no different. It's okay to say that, man. It really is. You don't yep. have to come up with this revisionist history and, and try to make people feel like they're dumb. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and we are at a point now where this is what it is. And the Cowboys and all of us are going to have to give it a couple of weeks and see where we're at. That's, that's all we can do. I don't, like, I don't have a good feeling about this season, but they can prove me wrong. Well, you know, I've said for a long time, even in spring, I thought the Eagles were going to win the division because I didn't like the offseason moves. Nothing, I haven't seen anything yeah. to change my mind on that. Um. I was like, I gotta tell you a quick aside, man. I was I just happened okay, I saw that Todd Archer, friend of the program, was on the Rich Eisen show. And that's the only reason I listened to the podcast. And so I turned on Rich Eisen's podcast and I'm waiting for Archer to come on so I can hear what he's gotta say. Yeah. And bro, and I'm not just saying this because Rich Eisen is a Michigan man, though he is. He's going on and on about, I'm, I'm, I'm about to say something. I don't know if I'm going to go there. Okay, I was going to save it for the, for the previous show, but I'm going there. I think the Philadelphia Eagles will win the East. And I'm just like, bro, you didn't step out on some, some flimsy limb where you might plummet to your death. Yeah, man. You know what? I'm like, come on, man. You're not out there breaking news. You're not out there saying something that a thousand people who have studied the situation at least haven't thought about. And then I was like, I was saying it weeks ago, months ago, bro. It just looks that way. If you look at the off seasons and yeah. what the teams already had, it looks to me. Now, I'm, I'm okay with being proven wrong. I really am. But it just looks like the Eagles are a better team right now. I mean, on paper they are. I mean, yes, I, I mean. obviously I'm taking Dak over Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts – again continues to develop and they've just got more weapons I mean, and that is i don't know that you can argue that i mean we're talking about even if you want to say that cd lamb and aj brown are equals fine cool but outside of that you, the other receivers they've got are better than the other receivers the cowboys have and then you look at their offensive line their offensive line is better than what the cowboys have 
And then you look on defense. Now, the defenses may be similar, but we don't know for sure. And so that's where this thing is. Like, I, I'll give you that the defenses are, are, are probably fairly equal because I like, like you talked about, you know, they picked up James Bradbury. I love that Jordan Davis draft pick. N'Kobe Dean that they got in the third round was a steal. And you've still got Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, and Fletcher Cox up front. I mean, they've got a good defense. And the Cowboys have a good defense. But the, the Eagles, on paper, have a better offense with better pieces than the Cowboys do. Yeah, they do. Can we quick? Can we? Can we? Can we make a quick NFL shift right quick? Yeah. What do you want to do? Hey, it's your podcast, man. Where are we going? <laughs> because I was scrolling on Twitter looking for something, and I came across this, and I couldn't believe it. And so I checked to see if it was from like the verified source. Okay. Uh. Okay. I don't think it is. All right. That's why I was double checking this. Because no, nah, this okay. This is not it. This is somebody trying to get somebody. No, nah, they, they got you. They almost got yeah, they you. Al- they almost got me. And, but here's what it was, and I was just like, I don't believe this. Um, and and, and it came up because I was talking to my dad about it yesterday. Uh, this Matt Ariza situation, the punt, the punt guy from uh, Buffalo, who had like an 85 yard touch to punt for a touchback last week. Yeah. Um, have you followed this at all in the last 24 hours? No. Oh, okay. Well, the reason why we're talking about it is the day before they were supposed to have their last preseason game against Carolina, I think, uh, or whoever they were playing, he w- he got sued in civil court for being a participant in a gang rape. And there's a lot of details that it's a it's a – it's a sketchy case yeah. it's just in terms of the details because you could say, oh, I can see how she was lying. I can see how he was lying. I mean, you could just see it. Uh, but the, the, the nutshell of it is a woman showed up at a party who was 17, showed up drunk at a party, said she had sex with uh, this punter. Then he let her in the house and she was raped repeatedly by two of his teammates. Uh, you know, OK, so right. that's the, that's the story. That's why he didn't punt in the game because there's, you know, hey, what, what's, what's up with this? And so they held him out of the game and they cut him yesterday uh, because they're like, you know, it's a distraction and he just needs time to figure his situation out. Right. And, you know, and whatever happens, happens. But he, he's got to take time to figure this out. So I'm scrolling through Twitter looking for something about what we were talking about because I had seen something about the Eagles I was going to mention, which I have now forgotten. And it said... <laughs> And it says the Cleveland Browns, and it's got the Browns helmet, it's Cleveland Browns at the Browns NFL. And it goes, we have claimed Matt Ariza off waivers from the Buffalo Bills. And I go, I'm just thinking like, there is no possible way after all the Deshaun Watson stuff, they could claim this dude off of waivers. There's just no way. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it, and then I go, because this looks like a fake blue check. And I go, let me see how many followers they have. They go, 743. And I go, oh, this is a good fake account here. They're going to get some people here. But I'm not one of them. I was almost gotten, but I'm not one of them. Well, I'm glad they didn't get you. Yeah, but that was a terrible story. (laughs) Uh, For real, man. Yeah, and I hope, uh, you know, I, I just hope justice is done, whatever justice is, because nobody deserves to be gang raped. Uh, and, and here's no, the deal, because and and 
but the other part of it is nobody deserves to be accused if they didn't really do it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, who knows, except the people who were there. But uh, I just hope justice is served because that's a terrible story, uh, however you look at it. It is a very, very terrible story. So we'll see where that ends up. Before we move directions, I wanted to throw this out there because this is such a perfect description of what the Cowboys offensive line is going to be. This is from one of the dudes from Blogging the Boys. And he, he puts up on Twitter, Here's the Cowboys offensive line for 2022. A right tackle who everyone thinks is worse than Lyle Collins. A right guard who hasn't played a full season in three of the last four years, albeit it is Zach Martin. A center who was thought to be the weakest link on the offensive line last year. A left guard who was benched last year in favor of Connor Williams. And a left tackle who's a raw rookie that's a penalty magnet. And he's true. I mean, everything that he did, that's 100% fact. And that is why when you look at it, there are some concerns. I'll give them two weeks. I'll give them two weeks. We'll just say that. Let me get through the first two weeks of the season. They're both at home, and let's see what this looks like. Because everybody's going to be super high on Cincinnati again, and everybody's going to be super high on Tampa Bay. So what happens yep. with those two games at home before you have to travel to New York? We'll, we'll take a look. I will say this about the NFC East. I, I don't buy into Washington, and I don't buy into – the Giants are horrible. I don't no, buy into them not, at all. And, and that helps the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about Dallas and Philly, man. Uh, but, you know, Philly, I think, is really good this year, much improved over last year, whatever that means. Um, and so, you know, you're going to have to deal with them. They're going to have to deal with you. But it's, it'll come down to those two and whether those two can take care of business against the other two, because that's four wins out there waiting for you. Yep. You got to get them. You have to get them. Just like you have to get some bruised built on. If you haven't yet, my question to you, why not? You're like, oh, I don't know. What is it? Biltong is an air-dried South African meat. It's like beef jerky, but it is not beef jerky. It's literally like the name of that meat and the way they do it, it's called biltong. It's not jerky. And Bruce Biltong is the guy that we've been working with. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times. A really good dude. Started this in his garage because he's from South Africa and his friends liked it so much that he turned it into a business. Bruce Biltong. It's It's... More tender than beef jerky. It's more savory. There's zero sugar, no artificial ingredients. And you and I talk about this all the time. I think for people who like a little bit of a healthy snack, it's perfect because you get just enough calories, but it's super high in protein. Bro, you know, that's why I rock with it, man. To me, it's all about um, the protein and calories for me, in addition to the taste. Now, the taste is fantastic. Yeah. It's succulent, it's juicy, that sliced biltong, man, it is fantastic. Melts in your mouth almost, which nobody would ever say that about regular beef jerky. Uh, but, dude, it's the, it's the power, it's the ROI on it for me. And it's the, it's the 40 grams of protein, I mean the 30 grams of protein in a two and a half ounce pouch. That's what does it for me because that's what makes it the perfect midday snack. When you're trying to watch your weight like me as a former fat guy is always trying to do. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think you're really going to enjoy it, so give it a chance. If you haven't tried it yet, log on, bruisebiltong.com. It's B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G.com, bruisebiltong.com. And don't forget, if you use the promo code that we have, JAM15, at checkout, you get 15% off your order, so check that out. Also, our guy, JR, and his crew at Freeway Tire Shop, man, keep supporting those guys because you are going to have an experience that it will blow your mind going to a mechanic for it to be this good with this level of customer service, knowing that you can trust the work 
It's very, very rare to find a mechanic like that, and we found him at Freeway Tire Shop. Dude, I mean, I tell you a lot of time, man. It's all about trust. I got six cars. All but one of them's paid off, so don't judge me. And uh, I take them all over there, man, because JR is the best for me at diagnosing the problem and then figuring out what quality parts to use to fix it so that it doesn't happen again. And then, man, I trust him to charge me a fair price, which is hard to do in today's world. And then I trust him to stand behind his work. So if you get a mechanic that does those things for you, you know, find out the problem, use quality parts to fix the problem, charge you a fair price, and then stand behind his work. What else do you want, man? Except to marry that guy. <laughs> right? Exactly. So <laughs> there it is. It's Freeway Tire Shop. It's just north of downtown Dallas, right off of 35. Very easy to get to. Take your cars there. Whether you need an oil change or you need something more serious done, JR will get you taken care of at Freeway Tire Shop. Check them out online. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote at freewaytireshop.com. So I wanted to continue a little bit of this Cowboys conversation because you sent me this graphic and this just kind of paints where this franchise is. And I think we're all like, we all know that they haven't had a lot of success since 1995. We're all very familiar with that. But when you look comparatively to where this franchise is and the teams that are in the same neighborhood as them, it's a little jarring. And if you go back just since the turn of the century, in the year 2000, that's 21 seasons worth. There are only four teams in the NFL that have fewer playoff wins than your Dallas Cowboys. And that would be Cleveland, Miami, and Washington, who all have one, and Detroit, who has zero. Everybody else, now there's a couple of other teams that also have three playoff wins, but three playoff wins in 21 years, and your company is is Cleveland, Miami, Washington, Detroit, Buffalo, who's good now, Chicago, who's been trash, Cincinnati, who got two of those or three of those last year, and then Jacksonville. Yes. And see, the interesting thing to this is, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, you would never really associate yourself with these raggedy Rudy Poot organizations that haven't done anything in decades. But that's who you are now. Uh, we were talking about it before. It's like uh, a person, a dude who's had a six-pack when he was 18, and now that he's 40, he's got that dad bod working, still thinking that he's mm. got the six-pack and he's the finest guy in town. And you're like, bro, that was a while ago. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Yeah. I mean, be, comfort be comfortable in your own skin, but have you looked in the mirror lately? You're no longer that dude. And the Cowboys are not that dude at all it's Bro. been but it really is like that it's like hey man in your 20s you were ripped and, and the girls loved you and you went and hung out and now you're approaching midlife and you've let yourself go and they don't look at you the same anymore they just don't but the problem is with the cowboys is they got all this cosmetic surgery and <laughs> you know they're, they're trying to trick people into thinking it you know but when they go home and take their clothes off their gut falls out because they had to take off the spanks or whatever that they put on wow that's what the Cowboys okay. are. <laughs> They're spec-wearing franchise. I mean, let's be honest. They try to trick it up and, and wave around and, and wear fancy clothes so you can't really tell. But when they stare at themselves in the mirror, you're a three-playoff win team in the last 21 years, which is amongst the worst franchises in football. This is not a fluke. This is not like, oh, it's only been a couple years. 21 years, man. 20 and obviously, you can go all the way back if you want. Go all the way back to 96. They got four playoff wins. Dude, it's not been very many. It's horrible. And the fact that they haven't been able to make the playoffs in consecutive years in 15 years 
is, in, is, is just amazing. Zero consistency with this franchise. Nope. And I don't think uh, it's not going to happen this year because we're already talking about it looks like a second year where they're not going to win 10 games in consecutive years or make the playoffs in consecutive years. Yep. Again, I'm happily being proved wrong. Man. Happy to be proved wrong. But they're going to have to prove it. We can only hope so because if they are not going to go to the playoffs this year, then Mike McCarthy is done. And I don't care what Jerry Jones says. They'll fire his ass and, and make whatever they can do to get Sean Payton in here. Or somebody else. Right. I mean, I think they'll go hard after Sean Payton, and if they can't figure it out, then they'll bring in somebody else. But I, I think if you can't not get into the playoffs this year. If they don't make the playoffs this year, then, I mean, we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. I don't even want to <laughs> open my mind to that right now. I just can't. No, I can't do it. Let the season play out. That's what I always say. But I'm just saying, it, you know, it looks a certain way, and they're going to have to prove to me that it's not that way. Yeah, they're going to have to prove it to me too, which is why I'm going to give them a couple of games to see what this thing looks like because you start 0-2 and you're at home, man, we, this is going to be a long season. So let's give it a couple of games. The other thing I wanted to do is jump into some stories here around the block. And you and I, this is interesting because I didn't even think about this, but apparently Gold's Gym, which there used to be Gold's Gyms everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. And now... Dude, I, they used to have them all over... Uh, I mean, they used to have quite a few in Dallas. Yeah. And some in the southern part of town, but now not anymore. Well, apparently they went through bankruptcy and they closed a bunch of locations and now they are rolling out new locations in Dallas. They've been acquired by somebody new during the pandemic and they are relaunching. And I'll be interested to see this because like, like you're talking about, I mean, they just, they just disappeared. They just absolutely disappeared. And they're planting their roots in Texas again. And there will be 62 Gold's Gyms in Texas. And it'll be curious to see how this proceeds because there used to be one here in Birmingham there and that closed and it was a good gym. So I'll be curious to see what they do, but they're opening three new clubs in the DFW area. What about? It says, let's see, one in Highland Meadows, which... Where is Highland Meadows? I have no idea, dude. I do not know. Okay, I've lived in Dallas all this time. I have never even heard Highland Meadows. Highland Meadows is a neighborhood in Dallas, Texas, apparently. (laughs) I mean, Highland Meadows... Well, there's Highland Meadows Elementary. I guess that's where it is. It's it's Highland Meadows is a neighborhood over there off 635 and South Garland Road. Okay, it's it's kind of by Lake Highlands. It's it's in that area. 75238. Weird. Yes. Okay. Well, now we know. So for those of you in Highland Meadows, you're getting one. They also are opening one in Flower Mound and then there's two locations that are a bit older in Richardson and Waxahachie and then one coming in Little Elm. Okay, none of those, uh, none of those, none of those no. locales appeal to me. No, they don't at all. It's, it's, I don't know. It's weird because the that's one of the things about Birmingham that's strange to me. There's not really a good gym here. There, well, there's a Lifetime Fitness, but Lifetime Fitness is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, it is. Like it's literally like a hundred dollars a month, and I don't even know why. But the problem is because, like, people who just want to work out. I, like, I feel like I should be able to pay like 30 bucks a month and work out and have a decent gym. 
But at Lifetime Fitness, it's like, oh, well, you're not just going to work out. You also need towels and you need all this other crap. And I'm like, geez, man, like, don't you just like, can I just go in and use the weights? But they don't have that option. Right, right. Now, I've always been a fan of Lifetime, but they've never had one that was convenient to me. Uh, because, you know, and Lifetime's got, it's an, it's an, it's like anything else, man. I would say, like, when you're talking burger places, there's McDonald's and Wendy's. And if you want a better burger, there's, you know, five guys. And yeah. if you want a gourmet burger, there's somewhere else. It's just like that with gyms. It's, it's kind of what you want. And, uh, you know, they would be the five guys of a burger joint. You know, they got everything in there. And that's kind of good. And, you know, but here's the other thing. I, I try to get the middle gyms like L.A. Fitness, 24-Hour Fitness. Those are middle rung gyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, bro, as somebody who was working out at Fitness Connection, which is a $10 a month, and we did it because 24-Hour Fitness shut down in Cedar Hill. Yeah. And that was the next closest gym. I'm like, bro. When you got all when when you got a gym that everybody can afford to go to, let's just say you don't want to be at that gym. Yeah, because, it's a little different. Yeah, and I say that not because you don't want to be around people who quote don't make as much money as you do or whatever. No, it ain't got nothing to do with that, man. It's when you everybody can afford to go to gym etiquette just goes just plummets. Yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> totally different. Right. Like, people I, I, don't put yeah. their weights up. People, nope. I mean, it's just or. Hey, I'm going to do three sets, so let me take the 10s, the 15s, the 17s, and the 20s with me while I do these sets. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is totally different because I've been to Planet Fitness, which is like a $10 a month thing, a couple of times. I will say what was cool is where the fiance's family lives. They have a Planet Fitness there, and a couple of years ago, I went in, and I told them, like, look, man, I don't live here. I don't want a membership, but I need, like, I'd like to work out. Can I just pay for, like, a day pass or something? And the guy's right. like, I mean, we do a 24-hour pass. He go, and I, I was like, well, I'm going to be here for a couple of days. And he goes, I tell you what, man. He's like, if you just want to sign up for that, it, it, I'll be here tomorrow at the same time. If you come in, I'll let you in. I was like, thanks, dude. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, working out like that, because it is, I, I think it's great that there's affordable options for people who aren't hardcore serious, but want to start and want to, to get into it. But like right. what you're talking about is, at the same time, I think you have to have that understanding that these are probably people who aren't serious about it and are kind of half-assing it you know like you you see a lot where like hey are you done using this because the guy's just sitting there on his phone yeah you know and i was like <laughs> hey man like i'm trying to like i'm trying to go like i'm not sitting around i'm not trying to watch a movie on my phone while i'm working out like that I, right you know, i'm here to work out right. for 45 50 minutes and go i'm taking like 20 30 second breaks i'm not sitting here for five minutes in between sets and stuff so that's a little bit different and Obviously, at like a Planet Fitness, it's just weights and treadmills. They don't have like any of the other cool stuff to do. But, you know, for that level, it works. And I think it's important for people to have an like some people just they get so intimidated by the gym, you know, that, that it's nice that there's a place where people who are like, well, I don't want to be around people who are more serious into it because then I look at them and I look at me and it's intimidating. So I think there's something for everybody out there. But man, in Birmingham, it's like you either go to a Planet Fitness or you go to these weird ass like individual gyms that are like from the 1970s. Well, you know, man, uh, because I'm spending a lot of time in Jackson, uh, like quite a much more time than I spent last year, because I'm working on a couple projects. Um, and so I got this apartment down there, and, you know, big concern to me was you got to find a good gym. Yeah. I mean, that was like high on my concern list. And, bro, I'm so happy that I found one really good gym. Excuse me. Uh, damn, sparkling water is kicking my butt today. It happens to the best really, of us. Really good gym 
uh, about a mile from where I'm living. And, you know, just to have it, man, is a relief because you feel like you can go in there and get the work that you want to get done, whatever that is. Yeah. The only thing that I'm going to say bad about it is I've been there three or four times now. And they've got one sauna, but it's an infrared sauna, and that's okay. Interesting. How does it's that never, work? Okay, here's the. I said I had one complaint. I haven't been able to use it yet because I can't figure out how to make it work. And when I went in there the first day, a woman said, Oh, I said, Hey, how does this work? I've never used this before. And she said, Okay, here's how you do it. She turned it on. She said, It takes about 10 minutes to warm up. What? Yeah, and she said, but then it'll be ready because normally they do it as soon as they open up the gym. So if somebody wants to go in there, it's already yeah. ready to go. So I went and did some stuff, and I came back to it, and I walked in, and I was like, this is cold. So I went to get it. She said, oh, I didn't put the timer on. I said, well, I ain't got time to wait now. So I left. Other time I went in there, it wasn't on. And then I turned it on, and then it was on, but I stepped in. It wasn't hot, so I, I pushed the button I thought she told me to push, and that turned it off. <laughs> very odd so i'm like i've yet to use it and um i love the sauna it's i do it every day that that i can and uh so i'm trying to get it because i'd like to go twice a day but not if i can't ever get the damn thing to work that's yeah i'm not i don't i don't know that i've ever been in an infrared sauna but I, i'm not have you seen one I don't, I don't think so oh well you know i've got a picture i'll send you i mean I, i'm sure you do like I, 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 the steam saunas and whatnot is what I think of when I, you know, with the hot rocks or whatever, and they just give off the steam and you sit in there and sweat like a crazy ass. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I haven't been in a sauna in forever, but yeah, the gym thing is, it's interesting because now, I mean, I, I work out at home and do all my stuff in the garage, but there are times when like, man, I want to start swimming again. And the only place that I could find, like the YMCA has a pool that you can use but for like lap swimming, the hours are really weird and don't really work for me. Right. And then there's a Jewish community center here that apparently from what I've been told is like the best gym in the area. That's not lifetime fitness and they have right. a pool and stuff. And I've thought about going over there and checking that out. So I may do that this fall because I'd like to get back because I used to swim like four or five days a week. All right. Oh, Oh, you're trying to get back on the real program. Yeah, and then, you know, during the pandemic when all the, the pools shut down, all the gyms shut down, I stopped, and that's when I got into doing more hit stuff and working out in my garage because you couldn't, you couldn't go to gyms. You had to find something else to do. Right, right. And I just got into it on that. But those weighted jump ropes that you turned me into or turned me onto, like that's, that's what I do mo most of the time. I do a lot of weighted jump rope stuff, and I do – I found this dude on Instagram. He's this German guy who does all these little videos, and like 90% of them is just like – stuff with your own body weight and they're hard as hell man oh i bet so i do i try to copy some of that and do the best i can with that just to to kind of keep myself going like that which is fun i enjoy it i get a nice little high working out the other thing i wanted to throw out i don't know if you've ever been to a place like this but in dallas there is a place there's a couple of them and i think there's three and they're about to open a fourth it's called free play arcade Mm -mm. there's one in Denton there's one in Richardson over by the old Richardson Square Mall and then there's one in Arlington so what this is is this is an old school arcade where they got a lot of arcade games from the 80s and 90s and you pay at least it used to be maybe the price went up you'd pay ten dollars and you could stay in there as long as you want 
You don't have to use any coins. You pay a $10 fee or maybe it's 20 bucks. And if you want to play for an hour, play for an hour. You want to play all day, you can play all day and you can play all the arcades and they've got like hundreds of them. Now that sounds like a winner to me. Yeah, it's a cool deal, man. And I just saw that they're about to open a fourth location in Trinity Groves, which obviously is over there on the west side of downtown Dallas. I used to live in Trinity Groves area. And I got to tell you, man, if you guys are arcade fans at all, it's totally worth going and checking out because they have really cool arcades in there. They also do a really good job of bringing in different craft beers and they've got like a few beers on tap and you can walk around, play arcades and drink beer. Hey, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No. <laughs> nah, bro, that sounds like a winner to me. It's really cool, man. I've taken, I took my son there once and we played because... Old school arcade games like Galaga and I mean, they've got everything in there, like all the old ones that people, you know, used to be back in the day, like in the 80s, you get dropped off at the mall and you'd go to the arcade and play some arcade games. And this is essentially that just kind of modernized and it's got a real cool 80s vibe when you go in there. It's a good concept, man. I'm surprised that there's not more of these, but now they're going to they're going to have a new one. So go free play, I guess. It's yeah. fun, man. It's a, it's a it's a cool time. I mean, they've been around. That Richardson location was the first one, and it opened seven years ago. I think the price is right. Yeah, and uh, you know, because I mean, that's you know, games are so expensive these days that I mean, it just shuts you down. Uh, so I think the price is right because it's fun. It's never whether it's a good time or not, but with the price being right, man, I can see hanging out there. Yeah, and then you take your kids to play on those games, we can whip their butt. Yep, and, and like Bishop Cider tried to copy this model where they do the cidercades, and they have a lot of arcades and stuff, but it's you have to drink their cider. So if, if you don't like cider, there's really nothing else for you to do. That. Like I've been to the Bishop Cidercade in Dallas a couple of times, and I was just like, eh. And they're always like, oh, well, if you like IPAs, try this one. It, we, 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 we hopped this cider. And I'm like, tastes like cider to me, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just not into cider. I'm not a cider person. That's all right, but if I never had it again, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, I mean, the best cidery in Dallas to me is Trinity Cider and Deep Ellum. Their, their cider is actually good. But this is interesting. I mean, it's, it's a really cool concept, and apparently the new one coming to Trinity Groves will have more than 150 authentic arcade games, pinball machines, skee-ball, and more. They also have a full bar with all that craft beer that I was talking about and a kitchen, and it'll be right there in Trinity Groves. So that's kind of cool. Hell yeah. Good for those guys, man. It's good to see people have success. No, that's one more reason to go to Trinity Groves and hang out near downtown. It is, and it's a fun time. So I wanted to get into a little college football here before we wrap things up. But before we do that, foundation, man, HFX Foundation Solutions. We've talked about this a lot this summer because I know a lot of people are, you're going to start noticing soil washout. You're going to notice some of those cracks and with the amount of dryness and heat that DFW got this summer and then like out of the blue that deluge of rain that hit and all that water that will f up your foundation I mean that's just reality so if, if you're noticing some of those things you need to call HFX Foundation Solutions 817-770-0174 don't mess around with that let Aaron and his guys come out because it's it's a free no obligation inspection just to get do I have a problem is there something going on here 
No, you need to do it. There's no reason not to. You pick up the phone, you give them a call, and let them give what we lovingly call a colonoscopy for your house because then you got peace of mind. You don't have to wonder if there's any problem. You don't have to wonder if you're going to get hit with a huge bill at some point because um, things aren't going right with the house. No, go get the peace of mind that comes with having Aaron and his team give your house the once over. Exactly. 817-770-0174. A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. They are a full-service foundation repair company. They also handle drainage issues, too, like gutters and all that. So give them a call. They'll get you taken care of. Or find them online at hfxfoundation.com. So college football, believe it or not, has already started. And I don't know if you... Oh, yeah. You guys didn't play yesterday, though. Yeah, I know, but we fired up anyway. But I will tell you this. My pick for the national title game is Alabama against Ohio State. I think we're about to see, because they're the preseason one and two, they are so far ahead. Georgia's not that far behind, and Clemson's not that far behind. But they are so far ahead of where everybody else is. This this feels to me, barring injury, of course, this feels to me like you're going to get the preseason one and two run the table and meet each other for the championship. We'll see. I mean, we do have Notre Dame at the crib. Whatever. And uh, oh, I mean, you know, maybe it's Notre Dame hype, but hey, I still respect them. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. The the problem is, is I just you look at everything that Alabama and Ohio State have coming back. I I think Ohio State's gonna thump Notre Dame in that first game. Personally, do you not? I do. Okay, here's the deal. And I'm uh, this is the way I view when my team plays. I look at the first few games. And I know we always have a pretty good offense. I'm not really worried about that. I look only at the defense, man. And I go, is this a year where we got a legitimate defense or is this a year yeah. where we win track meets? Because if we won track meets, then we have no chance to really compete for a national championship. But if we come out and our defense looks like it's going to be a legitimate defense, whatever that is, you know it when you see it, then I'll take our chances against most people. now uh, Because Ohio State added uh, – I think it's Jim Knowles. He's been the uh, defense coordinator at the Oklahoma State, well-respected guy. Yep. And uh, what they did, and so you know, they told. I mean, they hired him to be like, "Yo, dog, we're trash. Fix it." And so, who knows? Because it's his first game, but we'll see. Yeah, and they've got just a lot of that experience that, especially up front for you guys, was young last year, and now you've got a whole other year of experience. You just had so much coming back, and I mean, it, either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is probably the best quarterback in the country. Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the best wide receiver in the country. And Travion Henderson is one of the top three or four running backs in the country. So it's like at, at the skill positions, all that experience that you guys have coming back. I just, I like both of them. But yesterday, week zero got underway. And I actually watched, I watched pretty much the entire Nebraska Northwestern game. I don't give a crap about either of those teams, but it was college football. It was in Ireland. I, I was in for it. Right. And, and Nebraska found a way to lose. And you got to wonder... Scott Frost has got to be done there. It is amazing to me how far Nebraska has really fallen. You know, and everybody hated Bo Pelini when he was there, but all he did was win nine games. Like, oh, well, we need to be winning more than nine games. Then they hire Scott Frost, who was a Nebraska guy, played at Nebraska. Like, oh, he'll fix the program, and he's just taking it further away from anything they've ever been. That's a hard place to win now, man, because the state ain't got no recruits. Uh, they used to get a bunch from Texas. Well, I mean, nobody who's any good is leaving Texas these days because now if you want to leave, you know, you can go play in the SEC with, with, with those schools and still get home, to, you know, when you play A&M every other year or whatever. Yeah. And then they used to get them from, from New Jersey. 
But any of those guys who are any good, they're going to Ohio State or they're going to uh, Michigan or they're going to uh, Notre Dame. And they used to get them from L.A. Well, those kids are all staying home. Or, or they started going up to Oregon and, uh, you know, Washington State because they had comparable teams. So they don't have anybody to pull from anymore, bro. And the state doesn't produce anybody. Dude. Yeah, they've had – in their last seven seasons, six of them, they've had a losing record. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're a bad team now. They are. And, and it is – it's wild, man, because everybody thought, oh, here comes Scott Frost. He'll fix this thing. He'll get us back where we want to go, you know, after that disaster of Mike Riley for a couple of years. And he has not done anything. They've been horrible. It's really weird. And then the other thing, last night I checked out Vanderbilt a little bit just because SEC – Vanderbilt, who has won five games in the last three seasons combined, absolutely destroyed Hawaii. 63 to 10, which is like the most points Vanderbilt has scored since the 1940s. Jeez. It's wild, man. Nobody saw that coming. I thought everybody was saying, oh, yeah, because Vanderbilt was favored by nine, and everybody was saying, oh, put money on Hawaii. Like, Vanderbilt will probably win, but put money on Hawaii, and they go out and beat them by 53. That's a big ass kicking right there. It is, man, but I'm stoked. I mean, obviously, with what I do here in Birmingham as the college football mecca of America, I mean, it, it's insane. And the season starting, you know, you get opening week press conferences from the coaches. Alabama opens with Utah State. Auburn opens with Mercer. You guys actually have a great opening game. We are just talking about that with Notre Dame. You know, Texas plays next Saturday. It's just I love that first week of college football where there's games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And the NFL, that's one of the cool things I like about the NFL is they kind of go dark for just a few days to let college football get their thing going before the NFL shows up a week from Thursday. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love college football. It's my favorite sport because I can have an emotional investment. And uh, I can't wait, man. Notre Dame game should be fantastic. Jackson State's about to start what uh, they hope will be an undefeated history-making season with Dion, And then, uh, you know what, man? I want to see what Sark and Quinn Ewers can do at Texas. I do. I would like to see that, but uh, I think they're going to get their ass kicked by do. Alabama. So we'll, we'll cross that hurdle in a couple of weeks because it's coming up really, really quickly. But the tech, Texas thing, and Sark knows this, they've got really good skill position players. But they're very, very young. Obviously, Quinn Ewers is basically a true freshman. And the reality of it is they're, what they have in the trenches right now is such a work in progress. I mean, they're, they're probably going to be starting two true freshmen on the offensive line. That's rough, man. Boy. Against Alabama and that defense and Will Anderson. Like, good Lord. Well, that's the question. Can you hang with them? You don't have to beat them, but can you hang? Can you play? Can you compete? Can you make it a four-quarter game? That would all be progress. So I'm, I'm curious, and we, I think we talked about this last year with Jackson State. What's the deal with the HBCUs and the FCS playoffs? Do you know what that is? Like uh, they, they can play in the playoffs, but sometimes it's like they choose not to or something. Well, yeah, because, you know, they're all on a limited budget, and they, they don't really have a lot of interest in going to Eastern Washington and taking their team – uh, and spending all the money it requires to go there when they can play in the black college championship yeah. and make money. <laughs> it's really that simple. So the two teams that win, 
the MEAC, I mean, win the MEAC and the uh, SWAC, they go play for the uh, Black National Championship. And usually, if there's another team worthy, like last year was Florida A&M, mm-hmm. which their only loss was by one point to Jackson State in the opener, they went and played in the playoffs. But it becomes an economic situation just like it is for uh, most schools. Yeah, it makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, I was curious about that. Like, if Jackson State were to go undefeated, would they – so they would prefer to go play – and be, just be one of the two teams rather than trying to get like an FCS national championship. Right, because their fan base don't care about that. Huh, makes sense. You know what I mean? Their yeah. fan base cares about the black college championship. And you can go to Atlanta and you can have, you know, 50,000, 60,000 watch you play. And, uh, you know, it's a good deal. Yeah. See, that's one thing that I, I've kind of thought that the group of five should do. Like, why not break away and have your own championship for the group of five? I think it's coming. I know. <laughs> like, like I've, I've always thought that. I was like, man, like, whatever level that you play at, your fans and the people on your team, it means just as much to you to win that level championship as it does to the guys that are winning the overall national championship or what have you. Well, check this out, bro. Um, I've covered a lot of high school football those people who won the 3A championship, they seem to celebrate just as long and just as loud as people that win the 6A state championship. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And, and I've never understood that with the group of five, why they don't try to have their own thing where those smaller schools have an opportunity to play for something and be like, okay, you know, here's the 60 whatever teams in the group of five. We're the best one of those. Maybe we'll see if that happens. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. All right, big week on the way. A lot of traveling for you. I got to travel. I'm heading to Arkansas at the end of this week on Thursday, but we will get it ready, man. College football opening week coming. Cowboys roster decisions. NFL season is upon us. Everything coming your way. Hope everybody has a great week, and we'll see. Next time we talk, it'll be after the Cowboys have finalized their roster. We'll take a look and see if we can figure out how this thing is going to lay out when we talk to you guys again coming up on Wednesday. Enjoy your week. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.